powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Oh boy, the Flames are in some trouble. Welcome to Game Over Calgary. I'm Peter, he is Audi, and this is uh, not the show I thought we'd be doing even as of about 10 minutes ago. Uh, but that is just showing you how much things can change in the Battle of Alberta. With the Oilers up 3-1, to one, the series is now heading back to Calgary for Game 5. Can the Flames bounce back? Ask our friends over at Sports Interaction. Doing it right since 1997, Sports Interaction is Canada's sportsbook. With the most competitive odds, Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out before the game starts, live in play, or how your favorite player will perform. Longest goal allowed this series if you took the over at 131 and a half feet, you just cashed in on this one. Uh, so congratulations. See all sports betting has to offer. Join now at sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. That is sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. 19 years and older. Please play responsibly. Um, Audi, I feel like the Battle of Alberta is like that. I think, was it a vine where a kid got a gift and uh, that kid went, thanks. I hate it's it. An av- oh, yeah. Was, I yeah, thought you were oh, talking yeah. about the avocado one. Oh, an avocado. Oh, thanks. thanks. Either way, um, this series <laughs> is mushy and gross, and we all hate it from a Flames fan's perspective. We can't even fully bask in the glow of whatever the hell that was off of Rasmus Anderson's stick past Mike Smith. We'll make fun of it later, but it can't be our lead thing now because the Calgary Flames are on the brink of elimination and could get eliminated on home ice against the Edmonton Oilers in two nights time. Um, Obviously, I'm panicking. How are you? Uh, Not great. (laughs) I've been better. Uh, Definitely not feeling very optimistic. I put out a tweet right before we went on just, you know, saying that it's hard to stay optimistic given how this series has gone. But yeah, I'm, I'm panicking. I'm shaking in my boots. I'll be the first one to say I wanted a Battle of Alberta in the playoffs, and a lot of people roasted me for it on Twitter because everybody was like, no, you don't. No, you don't. And uh, yeah, they were right. I'll, I'll, eat, I'll eat crow on that one. No, I don't. I did not want the Battle of Alberta. But we're here. It's uh, not looking good for the, the boys in the Flaming Sea. And uh, yeah, like you said, brink of elimination on Thursday at home. It's uh, it's not looking good. Not oh, looking it's going to be insufferable if that it's going to go be brutal. Oh man, brutal. Um, here's the thing. Like we're, we're going to have our fun with the the whole Mike Smith thing. The fact of the matter is, the Flames simply were not good enough in this game. I think the Flames played about twenty three good minutes of hockey tonight. Like the, it's just they were not good enough in this game from Markstrom all the way out with the exception of Michael Backlund and Jonathan Gaudreau. Um, I don't think the flames Where have played. we heard that before. Right. Yeah. Every game, this series Every and most game. of this playoff. Yeah. Um, it's just simply put like Edmonton full marks for taking advantage of this. I view this more as a game Calgary lost than Edmonton won because I thought Calgary was dreadful for way too long of a stretch in this game. Yeah, they, the Oilers definitely, or I guess the Flames made the Oilers look a lot better. That's for damn mm-hmm. sure uh, from start to finish. Like I, when they tied that hockey game up, I was like, this is going to be the least deserved win if they are able to claw back and come back in this one, pr- possibly ever. Yeah. Uh, just simply because the Flames played atrocious. I think Noah Hannafin had a really bad game aside from that one shift uh, on the power play where he had three pretty good keeps of the blue line leading to the Lindholm goal. But I think aside from that, he had a pretty bad game. Markstrom definitely, we talk about fatigue and how many games he started. I think it's, and you put out a good tweet about about this too during the game, just saying, you know, 
maybe this is the fatigue factor trying to make its way or make its or peak its head however you want to look at it mm-hmm. it's uh it's it's not, it's frustrating. It's, you know, we keep saying frustrating is, is kind of one of the key words that we've been using uh, so far in this series, but it just continues to get more and more frustrating because we know what this team is capable of. And it's just, it's, it's been, it's been bad. It's yeah. been very, very bad. It really has been. And like he, he made a couple of big saves, like to set up the deep game tying goal that save on dry side was phenomenal. And, but it's, it, it's just kind of a perfect summary of everything that's happened with this flames team, because mm-hmm. you have, well, hey, he made a great safety keeper from being for nothing. So that's fantastic. Like it's those types of things. It's sure he made a great save to keep it a one goal game, but yeah. it, would, it was his fault in the first place that it was a one goal game. And hey, look at this. The Flames made a push late. It was too late and they lost by two goals. But boy, did they make a push like it's everything well, it beyond is, that, though. Right. It's, the, the, it's too late for that. <laughs> yes. All of it. Everything is too late always with this team. It's like they, they put in the effort to show that they tried and that's it. You know, like if you would just do that at the start and I get like this start sucked, but if you would just do that consistently, like we can see that you can do it. So freaking do it. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. it's so infuriating with this team. Also. Yeah. It's, it's been like this all series mm-hmm. and, and, and one, one note to uh, paging Matthew Kachuk. Again, I'm still waiting for you. Uh, Tyler Toffoli, again, still waiting for you. It's uh, it's frustrating to see that, you know, the same old cliches are kind of, I, I put a message in the group chat before we came on too and and said, this is, this is giving 2019 vibes against the Avalanche when, yep. you know, they just, they did not look like a team that, made the playoffs or a team that finished first in the Pacific division or, you know, like having three guys having career years and it's, it's, it's frustrating. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm slowly, but surely losing, uh, the, all the words to, to, to put into perspective how I'm feeling because it's just, it's more and more deflating as the days go by. And, you know, 3-1 deficit, yeah, people will stay optimistic and say that it's not over till it's over, but the way they're playing, it's pretty evident where this series is heading. Yeah, it certainly seems like this series is not long for this world. Before we get to the the, the, the chat, because I, I do think that'll be an interesting place to it be residing It's a good tonight. place to be right now. Um, <laughs> I, I do want to ask, is there like one main culprit in your mind for why the flames are in the position that they're in. I keep kind of cycling through them as like, well, the goalie hasn't been very good, but the defense in front of them hasn't been very good. And aside from 150 feet out, they're not really scoring all that much. It's like the, the issue the flames are having right now is the sport of hockey. Aside Everything. from that, things are going fine, but it's the hockey part that they're having the troubles with. It's impossible to pinpoint it and, and, and make it just one person's problem. Right. Uh, you know, Matt or uh, not Matthew Kajak, sorry, Jacob Markstrom, has not been the Jacob Markstrom that we've come to uh, come to see this year. Oliver Shillington is having a struggle or struggling this series. I think that, like I said before, Noah Hannafin's not playing well. So uh, you could pin it on just about anybody. Matthew Kachuk's invisible. Tyler Toffoli's invisible. Dylan Dubé is playing, I think, pretty decent, but he's he just can't finish. Uh, there's just so many things that are going wrong, and it's it's damn near impossible to uh, to pin this on one person or one particular uh, area. So I guess we can quickly have a, a quick look here at some of these uh, comments mm-hmm. um, ba, 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 ba. here. Let's see. Okay. G20 saying flames will win game five. Lock it in. 
I'm, I wish I shared the same optimism that you have, um, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I'm not, I'm not convinced that game five is going to be, uh, we're going to all of a sudden see a different Flames team that hasn't shown up so far this series. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I don't have overly high hopes right now. Yeah. I just, I, I don't like why, if there is this like mystical desperation that the Flames can find, why wasn't it there tonight? Like I, I, I tweeted it out at the beginning of the second period and then they scored two quick ones and I had to find a Monty Python gift to, to make fun of myself. <laughs> but um, that start to the second period was dreadful. You're down 2-1 in their building and you find yourselves in a 3 nothing hole and you come out as flat as flat could be. That was embarrassing to watch from a, a Flames perspective, I thought. And then like you get Lindholm to get a power play goal and there's a spark and then Backlund, who's been their best player in this series by a ton, he ends up getting a, a big goal and okay, maybe there's a little bit of momentum, but it took till the halfway point in the second period. That team should have come out like a bat out of hell. Like why, why does score effects only affect every other team and not the Flames? Why is it every other team when they're down by a bunch of goals? It's, oh yeah, they outshot them 20 to three, but they were down by a bunch of so the other team was sitting back. When the Flames are down by a whole lot. Oh yeah, shots are even, but they made a bit of a push and Johnny Gaudreau did a thing with his hands. That was pretty cool. Like it's just, it's so frustrating. It, I don't even think does it justice tonight. I am, you can probably tell I'm a little fired up by this one. I thought this was a huge missed opportunity. I don't think the Oilers played all that great. I think the flames were just that bad. Well, we talked about it last game too, just how important this game was going to be. It's very similar to how this Dallas series in the first round kind of took shape. And game four was a huge one. That was a momentum shifting game for the Flames. They come out, they win that one. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden you go back home with the series tied at two. You're in a much better position than going back home on the brink of elimination. So uh, just to put that into perspective is how important that game or this game tonight was. And like you said, perfectly summarized it. It was a complete miss uh, in terms of opportunity there. Um, Okay, let's see here. Edmonton looks more resilient. This one coming from Bashan twelve sixty six. Edmonton Gosh, look right. They do right. Look more resilient to bad goals and sustained pressure than the Flames do. It feels like if the Oil get a cycle, it just feels like a matter of time before it ends with a Grade A chance. I would agree with that too. I, I think the Flames really struggled with sustaining any pressure, and like we've seen all series too. Anytime they have the puck in the offensive zone, it's almost as if they don't know what to do with it because it's either it's either they try to cycle it down low and they turn the puck over and they lose a board battle on a fifty fifty puck, or they force a pass through three skates and you know six feet, and it ends up getting turned over, or they wind a slap shot up from the blue line. It goes off a shin pad and an odd mm-hmm. man rush breaks out the other way. There's no winning. It, there's no, there just seems to be no thought process. It's just, I have the puck now. I'm going to try to do something with it. Pray for me. And that's yeah. just kind of what I've seen so far. I mean, what I've seen this whole series really is, is just a bunch of questionable offensive zone uh, puck moving. We'll say. Yeah. It's a lot of just like, you know, like, it's yeah. like dang, I, well, now what do I do? You know, like it's, it, yeah, uh, you, you summed it up perfectly there. Yeah, it, it's just, it's, oh, they, they no don't set up like they don't set anything up. It's just no. hope for the best. Yeah. Hope that some kind of chaos gets created off of something like the, the thing with Daryl Sutter teams, I get offense isn't necessarily known as a strength of his, but like there is no structure to anything they're doing right now. Defensive breakdowns all over the place. Offensively, it's just relying on like hoping that one thing can maybe go your way, one kind of bounce or whatever. I will say, and again, we're, we're going to have a bit of fun at his expense in a little bit here. I think Mike Smith has a big say in that because yes. one of the, 
big things the Flames were able to do effectively against Dallas was that forecheck that they were able to do. They beat the hell out of Klingberg. They beat the hell out of Heiskanen. They were able to do that. There's been none of that in this series because Smith is playing the puck uh, with a couple obvious exceptions. He's playing the puck extremely well. And um, I, I think that is that that is greatly affecting how the Flames are are able to to handle these types of things. But again, like there has to be some kind of an adjustment. You knew he was going to do that going in. It's not like all of a sudden he comes out to play the puck the first time. Everyone's like, whoa, 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 whoa! What is this witchcraft that has been bestowed <laughs> upon us? Like that that should be something you are aware of and something you can kind of figure out. And they just they haven't. They haven't at all. I don't understand it. I just, I don't get it. Cause like he doesn't even make clean saves. He just right. kind of throws his body around. Like There's we talked about like the most falling forward. Yeah, that's does. it. And, and even just like a glove save is just, he smacks at the puck. So I don't know. I find that he puts himself out of position more often than not, oh, which yeah. you would think would be something that you adjust to. And especially given that I would say, I don't, I don't have the exact number, but let's say 40% of the, the team that, you know, the, the flames have now have played with, uh, Mike Smith, maybe that's mm-hmm. a little high, but you get what I'm saying. Um, they know this guy, like right. this, this shouldn't be anything new. And uh, I would have never, ever, ever expected the a Flames team who peppered Jake Ottinger in the first round, unable to beat Mike Smith. It yeah. is actually so frustrating. So I don't know. It's too late to. It, it's too late. That's the thing. Like it's too late. You're down three one. It's not looking very good. Um, the game breakdown is good, of course. This is another comment here, but what I really want to know is how you guys think they should blow this team up when you get eliminated on Thursday. Uh, hey, probably not, not an Oilers fan there, I wouldn't imagine. But let's not take away Thursday's content, all right? Let's. Yes. Uh, let, let, we got to <laughs> exactly. stretch. Exactly. I mean, we may not have many more of these to stretch things out over, but we got to pace yourselves a little bit. We can't can't trade Johnny Gaudreau this episode and then have nothing to talk about on Thursday. We're gonna um, sit, we're gonna we're gonna pocket uh, put that one in the back pocket for uh, for yeah. Thursday. Just we'll, we'll see what happens there. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> if the Oilers pull this off, you better win the cup. Uh, as a Flames fan, this is a Flames fan uh, pumping the tires of the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Zoo, your boy Zoo says, if Markstrom gets to start in game five, I've lost all faith. Now, this is something I wanted to talk to you about because yeah. it was it was a first period that definitely didn't go Jacob Markstrom's way. And I thought for sure we were going to see Dan Vladar mm-hmm. start the second period. Daryl rides the hot hand or the hot hand that he's r- rode all year um, and he keeps Markstrom in your thoughts on that because I for one thought for sure we were going to see Dan Vladar yeah uh, and I know I have been very I guess aggressive in my you're keeping Markstrom in I thought they were pulling him I didn't think there was a for chance sure. Yeah. And I not only did I think they were going to I thought they should have like I thought it was yeah. just like yeah this this is not Markstrom's night and now I didn't verbalize that um, anywhere, uh, whether it be in the group chat or on Twitter, because if they made a comeback, I wanted to be snarky about it. And I almost <laughs> got the chance to because he makes an incredible save when it's three to two. And then uh, they, they get the weird boop goal. And yeah. it was like, OK, here we go. I, 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 I had it planned out like they don't make this comeback without Markstrom. That's why you keep your number one goalie in da, 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 da. And then it's got to stay in the drafts now. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Going to keep those uh, keep that. Maybe just throw that page out. That's um, <laughs> you again. I get like, I think he's tired. He's either tired or he's ineffective. Either way, it's not great. You still start him in game five. Um, you, you don't, you do not take the chance of losing game five with 
your number one goaltender sitting on the bench. I don't care how he was looked. I don't care how tired he was. I don't care. Like all of that stuff. You don't, you, you just, you do not do that. Um, if this were a different situation in the times where there was the, the goalie tandems that they had here for forever, where like you could do any, if, if you had no ideas for a show, you could do 20 minutes. Oh, okay. Who are you starting a net tonight for the flames? And it would be a legitimate discussion. Here's a 22nd conversation. Markstrom. Yeah. You sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And like, that's, that, that's where it is at for me here. I, I do wonder because you had a couple pretty good t- tweets. The put Vladarin again, got me. That was well done. Um, have you, have you wavered? Cause you, you have been on the, on the Island with me here and keeping works from in, but I, I feel like your, your support is waning a little bit. Well, yeah, I don't know. I, I think definitely at the end of that first period there, I, I was fully on board. The Dan Vladar is coming into this hockey game train. Um, like you said, it just didn't start well for Markstrom. It did not look like he was ready to start this hockey game. He lets in a weak one off the hop that you want back. Obviously, you look back at this hockey game, you probably want all three of those back. And uh, I just don't think he he looked, he just didn't look ready. Um, but yeah, I, to, to go back to your other point too, I have been on the train of, you know, kind of letting him play. And I didn't think that a good chunk of this series was on him. Uh, I still really don't, but um, I don't know. I thought for sure we were going to see uh, a change in net, but it is what it is. It's he did. He kind of he redeemed himself as the game went on, made some big saves. I'm looking at that. Uh, I believe it was on the power play where they swing the puck down to Leon Dreisaitl in his office, and he comes across and makes a huge pad save. Which yeah, you know, if the Flames were able to come back in this game, that's probably part of your tweet that you have now scrapped is the fact that he's able to make that save. Uh, on the on the penalty kill, so I don't. Yeah, I I, I thought we were going to see him, but I'm not. Also, not surprised that we didn't see Dan Vladar. So, uh, kind of went both ways. I'm not. I'm not leaning towards more. I, I definitely don't think that it's on Markstrom. A hundred percent. There were a lot of things that went wrong, and there's been a lot of things this series that have gone wrong uh, that come outside of that crease. So, um, hard to pin this one completely on him. Same with the series. I know there's yeah. still there's still some games left. Maybe we'll see, but uh, <laughs> at the way they're, yeah, at least one. So we'll see if uh, if anything changes there. Yeah, there's still many some periods of hockey left to be played. So we'll see if uh, if Markstrom can get them through at least three of them. But like the, the frustrating thing about the Markstrom, because I, I agree, like the, I don't think the series is on him. And quite frankly, that this is more a statement on how the team has played. I think he's been one of the better flames so far. Yes. Uh, but that's, again, more a statement on everyone else than it is that's, on him. It's not saying much. No, no. He also <laughs> hasn't had that. This is our Vesna Trophy nominee who we're paying six million dollars to. He has stole this game for us. There hasn't been that. I don't think at any point in these playoffs, no. um, just going back to it, I don't think Dallas pressed enough offensively that he ever really had a game like that. Um, I could be forgetting it. It's late. And, you know, we just watched that. So the brain's a little fried, but there hasn't been any like any sustained. OK, this is Markstrom. He is helping this team back in. And it's oh, that was a neat save like that. Mm-hmm. They I think we are clearly establishing they are going to need him to kind of steal it in game five if they're going to have there be a game six in Edmonton over the weekend. Yeah. And to your point about, you know, how he's kind of performed, it was always like a it was never really like a holy crap. He made that save. Like it was confident. It was like a holy crap. He made that save. <laughs> really? Like that's kind of like how I felt watching. Like I, I, 
I don't know. It was tough. I'd, I'd clench my fists and, and like, Oh my God, hope for the best here. And, uh, he would make a good save. And I was like, Oh God, thank God. Thank God. Cause that one could have went the other way just as easily. Yeah. Um, a couple more from chat here. Andrew saying, let's all remember, uh, he's trying to stay optimistic here and I love it. Let's all remember that there was an all Canadian playoff series between two historic rivals just last season where one team was up three to one and looked dominant. What happened? Yeah. Featuring Tyler DeFoley. See, yeah. Like featuring it, Tyler DeFoley. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, we try not to talk about that on this network and given yeah. just everything, uh, which brings us to our next point from Robert saying, fun fact, our own Steve Dangle did not know that Dan Vladar was good. He thought he was average. Finding out he was a 906-ish, he immediately checked if he was a free agent the Leafs could steal. So <laughs> not even surprised there. Uh, no. Calgary Flames suck. Calgary Flames choke. We're getting a lot of that so far. I mean, look, th- those are evidence-based claims right now because they, they they have looked like that. Yeah. Um, uh, just continuing on with the, the talk about the game because, uh, again, I know uh, we're not necessarily here for Tyler to fully slander, but in my not-so-humble opinion, I think that a big chunk of the blame pie tonight goes to Tyler to fully. Um, I yeah. think it's one nothing. That crowd is going crazy and you've started to kind of level things off a little bit and then take a stupid ass tripping call right by the boards where you trip focal for no good reason. And you give the hottest player the National Hockey League has seen in like 150 years a power play opportunity. How do you think that was going to go? Like it just, it, it was such a like pull out your hair, face palm, whatever you want. That was, uh, to me, that was the moment this game was lost. I thought like down to nothing. It was just a, oh my God. And it, it, it snowballed from there. So while again, we are not here for Tyler to, fa- uh, Tyler to fully slander. I, I, I hated that. And it, it, it's going to take me a bit of a performance in game five for me to, to not blame Tyler to fully for what went on in this hockey game today. It was an of course moment for me. Like, of course, down by two, blatant trip that was borderline slew foot right. right in front of the bench, right in front. You can't even like, and, and you can't even try to defend that. No, you know, you can't, there's nothing you can say. The puck that's, was way the hell over there. Like, what are you doing? It was miles away from, from where the penalty or where the infraction took place. Uh, there's nothing you can do about that. And yeah. I don't even think the camera caught it. Uh, if I'm being honest, the play was down the other way and they we just needed heard the, a whistle. The all, in football, it's the all 22. Yeah. Um, they, they needed like the, the overhead. We're watching game film with the, the weird clicker uh, <laughs> camera angle. Yeah, it was uh, definitely not ideal. And I don't want to I don't want to slander to Foley too much. I know Robert, one of our wonderful mods is in the chat here. Big Tyler to Foley fan. So we won't uh, we won't slander too much. But yes, I really want him to show up in the most important game of the season and probably one of the most important game. Well, the most important game, the potential last game for, uh, for this group. So, I mean, again, we could save that for the, the the bigger part, not not, not to keep harping on the the guy we don't want to harp on. The, the frustrating thing is that he, he, he needs to know better. Like he he's brought in specifically to know better, you know, like if, if Kachuk did something stupid like that, it's okay, whatever. If, if it's Dubay, all right, well, the moment, what? Toffoli was in that 3-1 series comeback. Toffoli has lifted the Stanley Cup over his head before. He, he, has, he, he knows what you are supposed to do and thusly knows what you are not supposed to do. 
in these types of situations. And that one falls firmly in the don't ever freaking do that category. And it just, yeah, that one, oh, that was bad. Do you think there's something more to it? Like we talked about it in the first series and how we think maybe he's playing hurt, but I, I don't think that's, that's it. It, ah. it. He doesn't look like he's, I, I don't know. It just looks like his, he's got a torn motivator. That's what, that's what it <laughs> seems like right now. It's a torn a motivator over anything else. That's a good one. I you can't like even that add one, to eh? that. Yeah, we'll stash yeah, that one go. in the back pocket for, uh, for another time. Yeah, um, no, that was solid. Yeah. We'll we'll go through some of the chat again. Nate Thomas says that was a roller coaster of a game, unfortunately, ended in the coaster falling off the tracks with that high stick. Yes. <laughs> that, that I think it ended before the high stick when they inevitably took the go-ahead goal. Um, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying there. Um oh, there's a lot of blues chat going on in here as well. Um, someone else saying uh the Chicago Blackhawks were down three to one versus the Red Wings in the 2013 playoffs. I know crazier things have happened, and I don't want to make it sound like all hope is completely lost. But like I said earlier with that tweet that I put out, it's really hard to stay optimistic given that there's really been nothing to make me believe that this team's going to all of a sudden flip a switch in game Mm -hmm. five. And we're going to see a different version of this Calgary Flames team uh, that we haven't seen all series. Right. And that we've only seen in the playoffs a couple of times, right? Like uh, the the Dallas series, it, it took until like, they got to this spot and then game seven for them to really show up in that kind of way. And now it's starting to look like once again, same old flames, right? And that Dallas series is the, the, the exception and not the rule. And that's you're like, you're right. The, the series isn't over. And the show obviously has the tone that it is. We, we again, mm-hmm. someone just wanted us to do the off season show. Now yeah. um, there's still look, lots I, of comments coming in about that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like the, the they're, that they have it of a, a real opportunity if they actually put it together, you know, because yeah. I, I still think regardless of what we have seen, I still think best versus best. The Flames are the better hockey team. We just haven't seen the Flames best for more than three shifts in a row. And Edmonton's best are playing out of their mind. If if everything can click for Calgary, then fantastic. It's just well, we've they're seen running it out too. of runway for it. Yeah, we've seen it when everything clicks. And, and that's what got us to this point in, uh, you know, making the playoffs and winning the Pacific Division. Everything clicked. And then it just seems like to, to bring up Nate's point about the roller coaster and falling off the tracks, all of a sudden, when it matters the most, you know, you're you're hitting that emergency break and you're falling off the tracks. It's 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 unfortunate because we know what this team's capable of. And I know I keep saying that, but it's just yeah, it's it's what adds to the frustration is the fact that we know this team's good. We know what they're able to do, but uh, it just doesn't seem like, like I said, tor- maybe everybody's got a torn motivator because it's just yeah. like nobody's showing up. Everyone's just the, super uh, bummed they're missing the World Hockey Championships right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's I bet you that's exactly it. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, more comments here just about the off season, which we'll we'll talk <laughs> about when we we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um, McDavid was kind of quiet to his standards, but the others were still out working the flames, and that's what scares me. Mm. Is on a night where I think McDavid had one assist, which is a which is a quiet night if you're Connor McDavid, which is nothing to be concerned about if you're an Oilers fan by any stretch. But I had a conversation with someone on Twitter during this game too about. The thing that scares me the most about this Oilers team is right now, it's not the Connor McDavid show completely. You know, Connor McDavid has been obviously, you know, God's gift to this playoffs with 25 points through 11 games. Thanks to Robert for that stat. Um, 
he's been playing out of his mind. Best player by yeah. a mile. But Zach Hyman is also scaring the crap out of me. Evander Kane, as much as we don't want to give him credit for anything, mm-hmm. uh, is scaring the crap out of me. Leon Dreisaitl scares the crap out of me. It's not just the Connor McDavid show. I mean, sure, you got to stop him, but I don't think the Flames have done a very good job at stopping anybody. And it's nope. uh, it's concerning because there are more threats on this team than just Connor McDavid. Uh, yeah, Ryan Nugent Hopkins with an excellent that game too. tonight. Yeah, two, two they, they said it on the broadcast, and I know we don't want to give flowers to many fl- players on the flame or on the, the Oilers. It is nice to see Nuge get like at least a couple of opportunities to show what he can do in big moments. Cause man, that dude's been through a lot with that team. Oh yeah. Um, and so it's, it's how ha- I'm happy to see him kind of get a, a couple of good moments. You just wish it wasn't a losing effort, but that's it. Yeah. Um, one more thing before we get to making fun of Mike Smith <laughs> on the, the, the power play goal that was set up by Toffoli Tanev was out there and he clearly was not himself. And I, I understand we were all saying the Flames are really missing Tanev. The Flames are really missing Tanev. I still think they were missing some Tanev in this game because that that, that wasn't him. That that was part of him, but that wasn't all the way him. And I I, I do want to, I'm knocking everything over today. I do want to preface all of this by saying, I think the heart that that guy showed out there tonight was absolutely incredible. And mm-hmm. I want to take nothing away from the, the guts and the determination and the everything that Chris Tanev put out there to to try to get the Flames into a position where they could potentially win a hockey game. But at some point, he shouldn't have been out there in some of no. those situations. Like he just, you, you can't, you th- there is no way when he comes up like clutching his shoulder, Daryl would go, oh, I guess he's actually hurt. Like Daryl has to know how banged up he is. And yeah. to still throw him out there on the penalty kill, I thought was negligence. I, oh, I couldn't stand that. I was frustrated because... He seemed almost like a like a detriment more than he was productive, but I don't want to like I don't want to make that sound like it's a him problem. Uh, I think that it sh- the situation should have been handled a little bit better, mm. and I don't know what that looks like. If that means he doesn't play that game, and, and we, it looks like you know, not on the penalty kill. Well, that's it too. Or you, it's situational minutes, right? You limit what you limit what he does, and maybe you don't play him on the penalty kill, and and you throw him out there when. Uh, you know, in, in situations that are more geared towards maybe not using your body as much, um, which is hard for a guy who throws his body on the line every single game. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I I was frustrated too because you could tell he was still clearly a step behind. He did not yeah. look like he was ready to come back. And here we are with, uh, you know, it's a talking point now because he did not look good. Yeah. Yeah, it, and it's it's a couple of things that are frustrating. And again, not around him. I We got 100% of what Chris Tanev could offer in this game tonight. Yeah, But it, it's been my frustration now with Daryl going back to the regular season with the Markstrom stuff where he's our number one goalie, so we play our number one goalie. Well, look how that's going now for you because the, the dude is bagged and can't stop anything within reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, okay, well, we don't really like to play the matchup game too much, so we're just going to roll four lines. Oh, Connor McDavid scored when he's out there against Brett Ritchie. I, for one, am stunned. Like, it's just, it's all these things where, well, this is how we do it. Chris Tanev, when he's playing, he's playing out on the penalty kill. Or he could, 
wild thought, just not for this game. Like he could be there as someone who positionally can help you out defending a team that is giving you some problems, but maybe when it comes down to a situation on the penalty kill, where there's going to be a lot more puck battles and things like that, he probably could take a couple minutes off. It's just, it's this whole, this is how we do it. So we are going to do it and nothing goes out of this lane because that's not how we do things. And I think that's cost the flames a number of times this series. I have hated the job that Daryl's done in this series so far. I know. And it's, it's, I'm right there with you. Like I wholeheartedly agree. And it's frustrating too, because you know, so many flames fans online are uh, living by the mantra of in Daryl, we trust and this man can do no wrong. He is human. He makes mm-hmm. mistakes. And, and I, honestly, like I think I mentioned this last episode too. I don't think he's getting out coached. I just no. think he's, he's like, I don't think that Jay Woodcroft is out coaching Daryl Sutter right now. They're just playing to what Daryl's providing them. And, and, and maybe that makes Woodcroft a better coach in this series, or maybe it's just the simple fact that Daryl Sutter is making some very, very interesting uh, decisions behind the bench. And it's, I don't know, I, like that, that, that just adds to the, you know, kind of how this series has gone. It's, it's been like this since game one. So we've come to, we've come to expect it here going into game five on Thursday and I don't really know it's going to change. I don't think yeah. anything's really going to come of it. It's just going to continue to be the way it is. So, yeah, it's frustrating, and uh, I'm right there with you. It's, it, I have not been impressed with Daryl so far uh, in this second round. So, obviously, it doesn't lead to the result we want. No. But how awesome was that goal on Mike Smith from Rasmus Anderson? I was like, did that go in? Because I, I didn't even, like, the TV was, like, I had the TV set a little bit lower, and... My brother was over. We were screaming like, did that go in? Because like they didn't, they, they just zoomed in on Smith. Right. And he throws his arms up and we're like, oh, oh, he's doing the thing. Yeah. He's doing the thing that he does when something bad happens to him. This, this puck went in. Yeah. And sure enough, they go back. They, they look down in front of Jacob Markstrom where the puck came from. And uh, Rasmus Anderson is celebrating. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, so there were some accounts on Twitter that were actually saying like, damn, that was actually a pretty good shot. But as Andrew mentioned before we went live, the expected goals on that shot was a big whopping zero. So um, for all you advanced stats people uh, or not advanced stats people, that should tell you pretty much all you need to know. It was not expected Mm -hmm. to go in any, any time. So yeah, it was, it was kind of nice to see it. And it was exciting because it's like, damn, this is, this is great. Like you're in Mike Smith's head. He's starting to show flashes of vintage Mike Smith. He's got his hands up in the air trying to blame anybody but himself for letting in such a weak goal. And you got a tight hockey game. Build on this. And I was like, this is perfect. And and sure enough, we know how that ended. But yeah, it was it was all set up for. Right. And Cuthbert was there for it. Oh, he was already spinning that like it took us 25 seconds to get a Dan Gluche reference in there. And it was like, <laughs> and that completely turned the season around for, or completely turned the series around for Detroit against Vancouver. And it like spelled the end of Vancouver, the, the West coast connection. Like it was just all it, like he was right there and ready to go. And then in a minute and a half, they, they scored again. And it was, Oh, or it's just going to be a blip on the radar on this game. Yeah. Um, a couple of things. One, I didn't realize it went in either. It was just like, Oh, Oh, but the way Smith reacted, I thought like Rasmus sent it up and then like his defenseman like wildly flung at it and just like deflected it into his net. And then you see that it just went straight in and he just does like the what the hell thing to the defenseman, like the peak, peak Mike Smith, just 
no, nothing happened. He just wasn't paying attention and a puck went in and he blamed everyone else before himself for it. Like it, it is, oh, it was artistry. If the Flames would have come back to win that game, I would have wanted to have that painting behind me after oh. after the game. Like I would want that framed. That should be the statue outside the new building. Uh, instead, it, it just happens to be a, a fun little anecdote from uh, what has otherwise been a, a bit of a downer game. But yeah, I mean, we couldn't go this whole show without at least laughing about it. No, no. And uh, yeah, he was just trying to keep everybody on their seat. Clearly, that was that was part of the uh, that was part of the game plan. Obviously, Mike Smith knew they were going to go back down and and score another one there. Right. Um, but yeah, let's. Uh, some of the comments here, we got some Oilers fans chiming in. He wasn't blaming anyone. He was saying he lost oh, the puck, ball. but the no. Flames narrative never changes. Yes. Okay. Because we Look, haven't dude. seen this before from, yeah. from Mike Smith ever in the, uh, in the history of him as a Calgary Flame or an Edmonton Oiler. Yeah, I've, I, I've been in those scrums where the, the Flames lose five to four and he's blaming the defenseman in front of him. Like mm-hmm. I, I've, I have been there. I you have firsthand experience operates. Yes. No, I, <laughs> I, I have there. seen it. I, I have, I have heard him say it. I've heard how others react to him saying it. It's not just a front facing to the media thing. He was looking for anyone else to blame. Look, we, we can talk about flames narratives on Mike Smith. All we want. The dude has played phenomenal in that occasion. He got caught being a jerk for a couple of minutes, trying to blame mm-hmm. anyone else but himself when he was embarrassed. It happens. People do it all the time. Most dogs do it, but like <laughs> it's, I, that that's what he was doing. You, you oh. cannot, there, there is not one. Oh, stupid flames bias comment. That is going to make me believe anything else other than the fact that Mike Smith got caught with his hand in the cookie jar and mm-hmm. wanted to blame the baker. So no, don't, don't give me that. No, I, I thought that was funny. I knew you'd get a kick out of it because I certainly did too. Yeah. Um, now some logical Oilers fans come in saying I'm an Oilers fan and I've seen him blame others. He's always down to do that. It's always somebody else's fault. It's never Mike Smith's fault. Yeah. And that's something the sooner you realize it, you're, you're locked in. I think they got another year on uh, on the deal there with him. He'll be coming back after this season, if I'm not mistaken. So the sooner you get used to it, the easier, uh, the easier yeah. it becomes. But yeah, don't act like this doesn't happen. No. We've witnessed it before in this very city and he's all yours now. That's, yeah. that's something we've dealt with. And, and now you can too. But like Bill, Bill Simmons talks about having the irrational confidence guy and you need the irrational confidence guy to win championships. Mike Smith is that dude. Like yes. n- nothing has ever been his fault. And that gives him the confidence to go out and play the puck 45 times a game. And look, when he's on, he's phenomenal. He just thinks he's always phenomenal. And look, we should all be so confident sometimes. Right? I wish I had the confidence of Mike Smith. Oh, my goodness. Maybe not the attitude, but the confidence. <laughs> right? And the paycheck. Yeah. I'd take the paycheck. But I would definitely take the paycheck, yeah. But it is what it is. <laughs> hey, um, so, so I got a question for you and maybe a yeah. quick topic that we can we can spin off of here. And it's it's a recurring theme. It's a topic that you and I tend to bounce off of each other just about every every post game show we've done this series is now the time for change do you think that this is the lineup that we're going to see in game five in a do or die quite literally uh game five where they are on the brink of elimination do they roll with what they've i was can't even say roll with what's been working do they roll with what's that with what's existed with yeah. what's yeah with what's been there or do you finally like i really think that ryan carpenter deserves a shot to at least come in here and, and try to change something up 
Yeah. I, I, I think you asked two questions in there. Is now yes. the time for change? And is the lineup um, or is the lineup going to stay the same? The answer to both questions is yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is the time for change. Yes, the lineup's going to stay <laughs> the same. Um, I just, I don't like, it, it is crazy to me that if something happened to one of the defensemen in this game, that Richie's coming back when he was literally just replaced with a guy with one arm. Like mm-hmm. that, that tells you all you need to know about where this team is at. Yes, for the love of God, whether it's Carpenter, I would go Rosichka. At this point, I don't care. No one's handling the pressure of the situation well. Why mm-hmm. not have one other kid out there? Because I thought he turned the fortunes of that fourth line around. And why he hasn't been given much of a shot afterward is beyond me. But I, I would go Rosichka. I, I think you still probably have to throw Tanev out there. Um, just maybe monitor the minutes and monitor the situation. I'm not married to sticking with Stone. It seems like 11-7 caused some problems with the, the, the too many men. Now that set up one of the greatest moments of the series with Rasmus Anderson's goal. But I, I think that you, I think in my opinion, Stone comes out. Um, and then, yeah, Lewis comes out as well. And I would go Carpenter and Ruzicka. That That's mm-hmm. that, that's how I would handle it. But I don't think any of that's going to happen. I think they're going to stay with 11 and seven. It's going to be the same 18 forwards and we'll see what happens. But w- where are you on this? Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I want to see both of them. I, I think, you know, if they do one change, I do want to see, uh, I do want to see Carpenter come in, mm-hmm. but I do also really want both of those guys to be in the lineup. And I want something like you're not winning the matchup game because you're not playing the matchup game. So at least if you throw some new faces in there or, you know, hopefully I know there's this beautiful thing called film where, where teams can study uh, players that they haven't seen yet. Um, but, you know, just change it up a little bit. Like and yeah. it's almost too late for that. Now in the do or die game, it's, it's, I, I want to see it, but I do agree with you. I, yes. The time for change is now. Yes. The lineup will stay the same. It's frustrating as hell, but I'm, uh, no kidding, yeah, yeah. it's, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to say the least. Um, let's see here. Uh, someone says, I've been to every Canadian NHL rank, enjoyed the saddle home in Montreal, even though I didn't speak French there. Um, it's preparing myself for 41 year old Mike Smith. How many times will he try to get the goalie goal? <laughs> oh man. When, when it was obvious that the flames are going to have to pull their goalie, I was going to be like, I was thinking this guy's going to get a goal scored on him from 150 feet and then score one from 150 feet. Like mm-hmm. he, he's going to, he, he's going to have both of them. He's going to be scored on from long distance and score one from long distance. Um, I, I don't know if anyone's ever done that before, but yeah, no, he's, he, he, if, if he is presented with that opportunity, he is going for, it. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, this comment saying think flames need to go for a fight, anything to spark their team and the crowd in game five. Yep. That would be the obvious answer. I'm not exactly optimistic that anything will change. We shall see, but Hey, Peter, at least the Stockton soon to be Calgary heat one tonight and they continue their uh, beautiful run for the Calder cup. So there's one positive in the flames organization. Yeah. yeah game over Stockton doesn't really have <laughs> yeah. the same ring to it. Um, yeah. but Not quite. At, at least there's that just quickly before we go, I do want yes. to give credit. Backlund's been excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought like I, I mentioned Lindholm the other night and mentioned him on my own podcast uh, this afternoon. I thought Lindholm was really good in this game, like to a couple of bright shining lights in uh, otherwise a, a tornado of suck. Yeah, no, big time. Which is an oxymoron. Um, but. <laughs> it works. It works. Yeah. Whatever. Um, two quick things for me, and I don't know if this is offside or not, but I'm going to say it anyways. 
Uh, the Nazem Kadri stuff, I wanted to quickly just talk about because mm-hmm. if you are in his DMs or if you support everyone that's in his DMs, um, go find a new show to watch because yeah. I won't miss you. And I know, Peter, you probably won't either. Um, but yeah, if you're if you're participating in that or endorsing that, knock it off. Go find yeah. something else to do. Um, you're a terrible person. So please knock that off. And uh, secondly, uh, I wanted to send all of our thoughts to everything that's going down in the U.S. right now in uh, in Texas. That's some pretty uh, heart-wrenching stuff, bigger than mm-hmm. sports. So um, just a quick little side note there. Yes. Before, no, we, before, we, before we go off. Yeah. No, thank you for, for both of those. Yeah, it's been a very difficult day uh, following along everything going on in Texas after what we had in Buffalo not too long ago. Yeah. And the, the Nazem Kadri situation, you're right. Like if, if you believe in anything, um, that would lead you to comment any of those things that Nazem Kadri and his family have had to deal with in the last 48 hours and definitely longer than the last 48 hours, but that those have been kind of under the spotlight specifically the last little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we, we, we want no part of you here. And, um, like if you're, if you're stupid enough to hate someone because of how they look, then you're probably not smart enough to follow along with what we're talking about anyway. So <laughs> that's true. Uh, yeah, no, I, I have and honestly, like not to, to turn this back into the good old hockey game thing or anything like that, but I've lost a lot of respect for a lot of people in the blues organization mm-hmm. with like, it's it, it PR wise, even it's handed to you on a silver platter. Hey, what do you think about these racist comments that that's, that that's the the softball that gets lobbed up. There's no place for that in this game. There's no, uh, we support Nassim Kadri. Yes, we're playing him on the ice, but off the ice, we're all people, blah, 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 blah. Instead, no comment. Get all the way the hell out of here with that. Yeah. So yes, no, I've, I, I, I have lost a lot of respect for the St. Louis Blues and I have absolutely no respect for anyone who has any type of hate in this sport. We can take our jabs at whoever on the other side of a battle of Alberta or a series against Dallas or a matchup against Columbus on a Tuesday in February. Um, it, it's still sports at the end of the day and there is absolutely no room for hate in any of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you hit the nail on the head and, uh, in a world where you can choose anything, people choose to be kind. We can all be kind to one another. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Audie James and on Instagram at Audie James underscore PK. Where can I find you? Uh, I am at Primetime Klein on Twitter and Instagram and twitch.tv slash Primetime PK. Perfect. And yeah, this was, uh, this was not the game we wanted and not the result we wanted, but hopefully... We're talking about something other than the fate and the demise of the Calgary Flames in Game 5. This has been Game Over Calgary on SDPN.